Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to the program, Live Mike, episode 20. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is uh, an exciting day, an interesting day. Uh, we There will be an announcement on the program here this morning. We, over the past number of weeks, have spoken to a number of candidates running for governor of this uh, great state. We had... Uh, John Huntsman in studio last week. We've spoken to Spencer Cox and Thomas Wright and Greg Hughes, uh, Jeff Birmingham, Amy Winder Newton. We've even spoken to uh, Zachary Moses running as a Democrat. And for a long time, there has been uh, speculation as to who else may find themselves in the midst of this race. Who else might uh, deem themselves qualified to be the governor of this great state? And in full disclosure, uh, one of those names is Rob Bishop. And what I need to disclose is that for much of the last five years, I've been an employee of Rob Bishop working as a congressional aide out in Washington, D.C. That was until KSL called and said, hey, Lee, you want to give talk radio another shot? And so I hopped on a plane and came out this way. And here's where we are today. In studio right now is Congressman Rob Bishop joining us. How are you, sir? Uh, it's, It's great to be here with you, even though you abandoned me. But <laughs> Did I abandon you or did you yeah. push me away? Well, that's between us, but All right. no, we're very proud of, of what you've done. You have a great program here. Well, I've enjoyed it as I've listened to it. Thank you, thank you. All 20 episodes of it. That's right. Today, Well, today is the 20th. You're kicking off the 20th. I'm grateful to you. Uh, listen, you have had a decision to make over the past little while. You, last year, made it known that you would not be seeking re-election to the 1st District uh, in Congress, representing Utah's 1st District, Northern and Eastern Utah. And that is when speculation began as to what your political future may be. And so, with that, I'm going to step away and let you announce whatever you have to announce, sir. Well, I no, I, I appreciate that, and it, it seems... Like it's been a, a unique year when I, when I, when I, I argue within myself on what I actually am going to do when I grow up. There are two factors I think I would bring to a race for governor that nobody else has. First one is I'm old, which means like I was 26 when I got the nomination for my first term in the state legislature. Um, I have known every governor and worked with every governor since Scott Matheson. So I've, I've seen all sorts of strengths and weaknesses as they've gone through. Uh, Mike Levitt's first term, I was Speaker of the House, and we tried very hard to try and work together to coordinate what we were doing to, to make sure that we were not at cross purposes and doing the best for the citizens of Utah. I enjoyed that. Even, even Norm Bangader gave me my, my political philosophy. Uh, he was still Speaker of the House at the time, and I was a young legislator. But we were going out to vote on an issue, and people were whining, like, you know, what will the media think of it if we go out there and do this? And finally, in frustration, he just stood up and said, if you just go out and do the right thing, everything else will take care of itself. And if they don't like what we do and vote us out of office, next January, I'll feel sad about halfway to St. George. That has always been my mantra of how I have tried to deal with every decision I've made in, in office. If you just do the right thing, things will work together. Second characteristic I think I have is that I don't necessarily need to be governor to have my own self-worth validated. 
Um, I've had a lot of different offices, and I have voluntarily stepped away from all of those. So in the legislature, after we were a speaker, I voluntarily stepped away to let somebody else fill the position. I was about eight years without any other political position from that time. Um, I served as chairman of the party during that time period, but after two terms, I let somebody else have the joy of having that position. I don't think he has still forgiven me for that yet. I then went back to Congress, where you were help, very helpful with us. And even though you know that decision I made this summer, which was not easy, I was not really ready to leave. But philosophically, I knew it was the right time to leave, that I had reached the apex of my ability to help the state of Utah. And it was now time to step aside so someone else could build up their seniority to help the state of Utah. It's philosophically the right thing to do. So I've, I've tried to dealing with that. Um, and in this period of time where from here on in, everybody in Utah is going to claim that they are a conservative. To me, every time somebody else entered the race, it was a time for me to reevaluate what I wanted to do. And it's somewhat difficult because I now know all of the other people who are running in the race on the Republican side. Um, I like them all. Most of them have been in my home. Um, many of them have had positions that I've also held, for which, which means I have empathy for what they have done and how they have done, done it and what they need to do. And for me, it was important to have a governor in the state of Utah that was my kind of conservative that would be coming up with, uh, with creative pragmatic solutions, but all of them always based on sound conservative constitutional principles. And that's why, after a lot of discussion with my, with myself, I've, I'm going to make two announcements today. The first announcement is I am not running for governor of Utah. The second announcement is I am ready to endorse a candidate for governor, and I'm endorsing Thomas Wright to be governor of Utah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the kind of approach. I I think in Mr. Wright, I see someone who has fresh eyes that are going to be brought to the system. I knew what he did as party chairman because I did the same thing, and I always was amazed on how well he brought different people together some ways. In fact, it kind of ticked me off because he did it so much better than I did in those positions and with the RNC. And uh, we, have, we have talked since that time, and I know he wants to have a very strong, proactive executive branch. And, and to be honest, it it's almost sounds counterproductive, but if you have a strong executive branch, it can be a counterbalance to a strong legislative branch. And even with that counterbalance, as I have seen in the past when governors have done that approach, not only is there that counterbalance, but it also brings a greater consensus to come up with a product that is very good and helpful to the people of Utah. And having a strong legislature and a strong governor working together can also help push back against the federal government when they try to impose on what the state of Utah needs to do for itself. Rob Bishop, go ahead. Utah's first district congressman today announces that he is not running for governor. Uh, that has been the speculation for some time, wondering what you were going to do with your political future. I, as, uh, as someone who considers myself a, a friend of yours, uh, I'm, I'm inclined to ask, what are you going to do next? Well, that's the next issue I get to debate on. Whether to, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to leaving government office, and probably right now I'm still looking forward to, to teaching in some way, shape, or form. Let me ask you, while I do have you here, you have been very outspoken on the the, the two paths towards uh, primary, uh, and you have for a long time spoken out against uh, those who would, who would seek signatures or go the signature route. 
Thomas Wright is taking the signature route. How are you able to reconcile that? Most people are taking the signature route simply because the game has changed and the political process has changed, and not for the better. And that's one of the things I do like about Thomas Wright. He said the other day uh, when he was in a forum that one of the things he wants to do is fix our election system, which is broken right now. Signatures in no way relate to the ability of someone to be a good leader in government. If, if you're back in the eighth grade and you want the, the principal to have another afternoon dance, maybe getting signatures on a petition makes sense, but not as a, a process uh, for electing candidates. And in other states that use the signature route, it's been fraught with lawsuits, which I expect some come in, in Utah at some time. We need to modernize the way we elect candidates and nominate candidates. Signatures is not the way that's going to make it more productive, and it does make it much more costly. So you eliminate people who would be good people in government, but they simply can't afford to be part of the process. It narrows down the scope of who actually can become a candidate. So it's, it's wrong to do. And somebody needs to have the ability of understanding the process to go in there and fix the system of, of elections. So I, I don't blame anyone for getting signatures in the, in the environment we have right now. It's the environment that's wrong and needs to be fixed. Utah Congressman Rob Bishop has been my guest uh, during this segment. In full disclosure, I used to work for you out in Washington, D.C. as Director of Communications. I advised on a few policies, and uh, I knew that you had a decision to make. I knew that those rumors were were founded in, in reality. There was a, a great question in your mind that over the past little while, you'd been wrestling with what to do with your political future, whether or not you would run for governor was the question being asked. I, knowing I was stepping into this circumstance, had uh, had said, hey, can we maintain a, a firewall? I don't want to know what your decision is. And so uh, if I could say uh, personally, uh, I'm, I'm surprised to hear that. Uh, I I, uh, I had predicted the wrong way. I wrote down on, on an envelope my my prediction, uh, and it was wrong. Uh, today on the program, you've announced, Congressman Bishop, that you won't be running for governor of the state of Utah, but that you have thrown your support behind uh, Thomas Wright, who recently announced that he was uh, going to seek a governorship. Yeah, so much for your extrasensory perception that happens to be there. Yeah, hold on, my but, crystal ball's faulting me. But it, it's it's also, to be honest, I was leaning more in that direction. Uh, but I said every time somebody else runs sure. and when I talked to use as well as Wright and some of the others I said I will still reevaluate those particular situations I found someone I think has the kind of skills that that is good for a governor and that would do things the way I would hope that they could be done and and we'll go from that it seems like this entire year um, I've been trying out for a role as Hamlet um, and so there will probably be something else that comes up there I have to decide if I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it in the future would you accept an invitation to run as lieutenant governor? Well, once again, that's not my decision or choice to do. I'd, somebody else has to answer that question. You'd think about it if you were asked. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, and then I go through the process we have again. Once again, I, if I do it, I want to make sure that there is something I can meet, have to actually benefit Utah in that particular position. I'm not just doing it because I want to have another job. Gotcha. Congressman Rob Bishop, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing this news here on this program. It's always good to talk to you, and uh, we'll find some other reason to come back here someday. All right, very good. There's something going on in Iran, maybe an impeachment thing next week. You and I could chat again, certainly. Is there? Really? We'll see. Okay, fine. <laughs> so that was uh, Congressman Rob Bishop. Grateful to you for joining us. This program is live, Mike. Next up, we're going to get an update on what's going on in Iran. There are some folks uh, protesting. And they are not happy with the Iranian regime. We're going to get the details on that next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.